This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. But then out comes what looks like the gray stuff from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Hi, my name is Jen. Bon noite. My name is Abby. <laughs> this is Amused Boosh. Uh, if you can't tell, Abby is feeling a little pretentious. Uh-huh. <clears throat> After spending some time in Portugal. Por- well, Portugal is how regular people say it. It's all they say it in Portugal, too. Portugal. Portugal. They don't uh, say that. They don't? No. It's Portugal. They all speak English. They, they use weird vowels. I don't know. That's all I know. Uh, yeah, I learned that the hard way. Uh, we also have Susanna joining us for this episode. Uh, hi, Susanna. Hey, again. We liked you so much. We asked you to stay we for a second episode. Around. Uh, mostly because I'm scared of the things that I'm going to eat, and I need you to taste them also so that I don't feel alone <laughs> in my journey. I brought back some goodies for us to try. You did. I brought back souvenirs for us. I also brought back an unintended souvenir from Portugal. Uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I got COVID for the first time. Thanks, Thanks Portugal. Yeah. It's better than like an STD or something, but... Agreed. Honestly, that would have been more fun, probably. I mean... <laughs> this is my anyway. eat, pray, love trip. So, yeah. you know, I just forgot. that. You know what, though? I pivoted and put the love all on the food. Yeah. And boy, I loved the food in Portugal. I yeah. have to use an entire episode to talk to you Please. about Portuguese food. First of all, Portugal's never really been like at the top of my must visit list. Yeah. I really never really I gave it the time of day. Um, well, damn, that's brutal. I mean, I, I know. certainly gave it the time of day, but like. But it, mm-hmm. I always discounted it. I was like, but there's New Zealand, but there's, you know, Switzerland, oh, so far there's away. Iceland, there's all these places. Sure. Okay, but okay. then there's Portugal, right? And even when you think about mainland Europe, I don't think Portugal's the first one. People think Spain, right? Or that's something. Fair. Or France. So Portugal was just kind of a happy stumble upon. Um, so I went with uh, our friend of the podcast, Colleen, and yes. her husband, Casey. Um, when we were originally deciding where we were going to travel together, they had been to a lot of countries in, all over the world, but including Europe. And so we're like, well, if we're going to go to Europe, let's go someplace you haven't been. And that is how Cor- Portugal came about from the start. Um, it really blew my mind. The people there are incredibly kind and generous, mm. and they are all so willing to talk to you about not only what they do, um, but also willing to help you out, of course. Um, just the really nice people. And then, of course, I'm here telling you that the food is incredible, the architecture, the uh, views, the weather. Yeah. It was just a wonderful place to visit. And I, Every picture I, can't I wait saw to go back. was more idyllic than the, the next. Yeah, it was so really Have you ever crazy. been to Portugal? I haven't. My sister no. went for a, like a yoga retreat. Okay. and. She just raves about it, and yeah. I, I, I kind of think she went back again because she just loved That's it so much. That's what I've been saying. Like, People are like, oh, yeah. you've got so many places on your list, you're never going back. I'm like, I'm definitely yeah. going back. Mm-hmm. Now that I figured it out, you know, because when you travel someplace, you need a little bit to get your bearings. Yeah. I've got my bearings now. Like, yeah, I can I do Portugal. She's unstoppable. Yeah. I'm going mm-hmm. back. You're coming with me. Oh, good. Yeah. Because uh, there's some things that you sent me a picture of that I need to try. Oh, you need to try a lot of things. So, now, let's start. My trip began. I only went to... I guess I went to like four cities, five cities, um, but I primarily stayed in two of the most populous cities, which are going to be Lisbon, mm-hmm. Lisboa, and Porto. Wait, say that again? Lisboa. That's silly. That's a silly way to say that. That's how the Portuguese say it. Lisboa. That's very ethnocentric of you. Lisboa. It's almost like Xinjiang. That's right. Xinjiang, <laughs> Lisboa. Callback. Yeah. So I'm very proud Maybe of Maybe that man was I've Portuguese learned. and he was just hitting on That's you. That's right. He wasn't. That's he right. had on a Hawaiian shirt. Gross. 
I mean, they Look anyone me can wear that. Help. Doesn't anyway. matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> so Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal, okay. we were there for four days. Um, so we started out uh, wanting to experience the Time Out Market, which is a big, you know, multiple storefront market fronts um, with lots of different vendors. Um, some of which are very well known. Um, some of which are just like local mainstays. And uh, we saw this market on the first episode of Somebody Feed Phil I ever oh. watched, which was the Lisbon episode, and that really triggered for me like wanting to go and experience this. So yeah. it was really cool to be in this place with someone we have met since. Shout and, out, and have, Phil. Yes, it was just incredible. So the very first thing that we said we have to get is the Lisbon pastry. This yeah. is the pastry of yeah. Lisbon, which Give is it. the pastel de nada. Give okay? It. it is an what egg custard mean? tart. So there are lots of different pastries all over the different regions of Portugal, but this one is specific to Lisbon. So it is like a puffy pastry cup and then it's got a beautiful egg custard, and then it's kind of broiled on top. So it's got like these little black bits. I'm going to show you some pictures as we go around. They're just mm. beautiful. I think it and just bright. translates to custard. Okay, so it's yeah, yeah so tart. it's a custard tart, pastel de nada. Um, so I was a little concerned because I knew this was like the thing to try, and I'm not a big custard fan. Mm. Texture's not my thing. Like I'm just not a huge fan of it. So I got one, being concerned that I would be like, yay, I tried it, but. Meh. And boy, did they, they blew my mind. They were like delicious. creme brulee top? Yeah, it basically of? is, but it's just under the broiler it's and like it baked. just starts mm. to get baked a little bit more in some spots than others because it kind of like bubbles like up. It's like a Basque cheesecake. Yeah. It's got like that little mm. burnt Very texture. similar kind of vibe. Um, they they have like a, a lot of them have like a hint of cinnamon in them too. Mm-hmm. And the layers of flakiness within the pastry is just unmatched. It is incredible. Is it served warm? So Did it can be. Okay. So ours were served fresh from the oven. Uh, um, one of our institutions, these had been out for a little bit longer. I will say, I actually like them out a little longer. Okay. Um, they're still warm, but they're not like runny. They've had a chance to really like set. Okay. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, these blew my mind and we were like, we have to have at least one a day for the four days oh, we're in Lisbon. Sold, yeah. And we did that. It, they were delicious. Um, that's how I learned to speak enough Portuguese was so I could go and order one of these at wherever I was. Um, so it was incredible. We walked around the market. We also had a selection of meats and cheeses. We wanted mm-hmm. to get the vibe. Um, so uh, what we would normally know is like prosciutto um, is uh, presunto in um, in Portugal. So we got uh, some beautiful sliced meats, and they they just melted in your mouth. Mm. They were incredible, top tier. Um, and you see the legs like hanging all yeah. around mm-hmm. you. Yeah. This place was not kidding around. So oh, I want to die in a place. Oh like that. <laughs> man! So this market, timeout market, was absolutely incredible. We were all dead because we just flown across overnight yeah and and we were just like okay we're barely conscious but this is it for us had a great time um and then we crashed (laughs) we just like went went to sleep right we were too tired to do anything else um and so we walked around we had a great tour of everything um and so our first big dinner in lisbon was at this restaurant called otalo Hmm. otalo is a restaurant by chef chico and it's spelled k-i-k-o so he's mm. he would be a Gordon Ramsay or a Bobby Flay. Like he is a, he's big, a big guy, big mm-hmm. picture guy um, in Portugal. Was he yelling at people in the back? No, he wasn't okay. there this night. Thank goodness. But no, he's like a nice guy. We actually went to two of his restaurants while we were there. Oh, cool. Um, so uh, we went to Otalo, and this is like a steakhouse. Oh, um, it just earned a Michelin star so mm. it's got a little sign out front um so this was our first big dinner here this is the picture i saw of you with casey out front uh Maybe no not. no that was at a um fado restaurant okay that Sorry, one we're, we're gonna talk about that um but yeah so what i want to specifically call out about this restaurant is that we had um we were looking over the menu and she said well one of our signatures is chef's tartare 
And I said, well, oh, we're, yeah. we're at a place that is known for like its beautiful steak. And, and I, I, I love tartare. Casey and Colleen were like, I don't know about that. But if you order it, we'll try it. I said, great. No problem. I'm getting it. Try it anyway. Try it anyway. So they were kind of iffy on whether they would like the tartare. They wheel it out and they basically prep it for you table side. So you can see a beautiful golden egg yolk in the center. You can see little bits of onion. You can see maybe capers. They even have a little shot of vodka that they mix in. And they mix it all for you right in front of you. And there's like, you know, it whips together like an aioli. Yes. So then they serve it for you. And it's beautiful. I have never had a tartare this good. And I eat tartare a lot. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite things. Yes, it's one Mm -hmm. of my favorites. And I will tell you that in this moment, I went, I'm coming back to Lisbon specifically for this tartare. It was already setting that bar. In that picture, the little chunk of sea salt on that plate also. Yes. I saw it and I was like, yeah, that's how I want salt to be served to me at a restaurant. Well, so the reason you saw that was because (laughs) we had um, ordered a giant ass steak. Um, And so we were like, we'll take a steak. They're like, great. They bring us out two steaks as options, the one that was more fresh, the other that was dry aged. Oh my god! Um, the dry aged one was literally three times more expensive, and uh, it was six hundred dollars. <gasps> we were like, "Nah, we're gonna go with the fresh one." Uh, so, which seemed much more reasonable. And uh, so they take it away and they grill that specific steak for you. Um, and I'm not kidding when I tell you that this is like a three and a half inch thick steak on the bone, gorgeous. It comes out to us. They slice it table side. It's perfectly medium, rare mm. to rare. Um, it has a huge fat cap. Yeah. And so I told I told Colleen and Casey my, my secret. When you have a huge fat cap like that, you're not going to want to eat all the fat. It's just not going to happen. But yeah. I told them what I like to do is cut off a piece of that perfect meat from the center yeah. and then just cut the very outside edge that's charred off and yeah. rendered just a bit and eat those Naughty. together. But <laughs> you were talking about the salt and this is why I wanted to bring it up. There is no salt, no pepper on the steak when they prepare it. It's on the side for you. That steak is so delicious, unadulterated, mm-hmm. right? Pure. But if you want to add a little bit more punch, mm-hmm. then get that salt. And it was incredible. With mm. the salt, without the salt, add a little bit of that That's the little charred fat. And oh my God, it was life-changing. Another thing I didn't know about Portugal, their butter game. They're what? butter game. They are huge on butter. I guess that goes hand with cow game. You I'm got good cows, you, you got good butter. Dairy all day. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always... Uh, dairy from cows either. So I had a lot of different butters while I was there, which is really cool. Go on. Oh, I'll tell you. But here specifically, so they have just their beautiful whipped butter. It's like molded perfectly. I don't even know how they get the texture they get on these butters. Um, we So we had a plain one here at Otalo. We also had one that was like like pepper and uh, and by pepper I mean like red pepper yeah. and um, so it was a little spicy and like smoky like a, almost like a cayenne mixed in there and like tomato. It was really good. And this is where we were like, oh, so butter's a thing here, or yeah. maybe, maybe just at this restaurant. We still didn't know. But multiple restaurants we visited, they up to the bar every time. So I'm going to go through my I butter like journey with you. compound butters, man. Yes, Get compound me. butter. So big thing here. So Otalo, incredible, big first night dinner, just killed it, okay. right? The next day, we go on a food tour. Because for me, that's one of my favorite ways. I love history. I love the culture. I want the architecture. Show me around your city. If you have a good tour mm-hmm. guide, that can be like one of the best things that you do. And yeah. shout out to Fred Shavish, who was our guide. We gave him one of our cards. Um, he was an incredible tour guide. He, When you first start talking to him, you're like, are you from here? And he's like, yeah, I'm born and raised, but I grew up on YouTube and video games, so I have an American accent. <laughs> so he sounds like he's from America. It's just super fun. Um, he was a delight to to, um, to spend time with and really friendly what guy. What was the tour group? Um, so this was Eating Europe. Nice. Um, so we had a great time. I actually had such a good time. This was a five-stop, seven-dish uh, experience. Whew. And by stop three, I had booked one of these tours 
in Porto because I knew I was going there and I was like, nice. I'm having such a good time with this company. I can't wait to do it again in my mm-hmm. next city. So they're in a bunch They're of all cities. over Europe. Yep. I believe they started in Rome and they've expanded since. So um, whenever you are traveling Europe, please check out Eating Europe. Yeah. Good to know. Super awesome. That. Yeah, please do. Um, so our tour, we went through some things that are very typical of, um, of more Portuguese food. So for example, we had a... Um, Bifana? So a bifana, what kind of meat do you think would be in a bifana if that was a sandwich? Beef. Yeah. Yeah, sounds right. No, it's pork. Um, so a bifana, this is why Portuguese Bullshit. is so confusing <laughs> for someone like me. So a bifana is like a pork s- a sandwich and thin sliced pork that's been like soaking in like this delicious like jus kind of situation and then mm-hmm. they put it on bread and it's really good. Um, they serve these with either um, a, a nice mustard, uh, which is not like a French's, it's like a, but it's not also like seedy, it's somewhere right in, in between. Um, or they serve it with peri-peri sauce. So peri-peri is a kind of pepper. You might be seeing more of it like in the stores. Mm. I've noticed it's it a lot. Good. It's pretty, pretty good. Uh, it's pretty, pretty spicy <laughs> is what it is. Um, and that was really nice because it cuts the richness of the, the pork that you're eating. Um, so that was great. This was also the same location um, where we were was called Atoshka. And Atoshka is kind of like a dive bar. Okay. Um, so we started at this little Toshka that serves all of these. And um, it was also my first exposure to Vino Verde, oh. which I had never had, which is green wine, mm-hmm. right? All that means is that you are um, taking immature grapes off of the vine, and they have to do that because they have to get them off before, like, the rainy season, or else it'll ruin the grapes. Um, So it's a sparkling, drier, white wine, um, but I would not call it dry. Based on all of the wines that I have had, I still think it's pretty juicy. Um, Really refreshing. It was a hot day. It was, like, mid-80s. Sun was blaring down on us. It was it was a delicious, refreshing treat. I that really is a good it. summer wine, yeah. for sure. It's a go-to for me for sangria. Yeah. Mix in there. That's yeah. a great one. I think I'm going to try that with um, our friend Emily. She also had uh, a sangria she brought to us, which was like a white wine with like pears and apples in it. Mm. And I loved that. And I'd like to try it with Vino Verde this Let's time around. It. Let's do it. I found several friends serve Vino Verde at their wedding. And I'm like, this is a great Solid. idea. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to do that in my uh, life. Everyone loves it. Sure cheap. <laughs> at mm-hmm. least the ones that we can I get I just got one at Trader Joe's for $4.99. Yeah. Can't wait to try I it. I think the ones that it's I've gotten good. from Total yeah. Wine are like 11 bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. I had Vino Verde like five times while I was in Portugal. And I know that seems like, I don't know. That's five times it's more five than times more most than... wines yeah. that you enjoy. And I drank all of them, you know, like the whole thing. So I I, I was really doing well in Portugal. I'm I was so hanging. Proud. I know. I thought you would this be. This is why she brought home COVID. That's right. <laughs> uh, my inhibitions were dropped. <laughs> yes, were. Making out with Portuguese yeah. men in the bar. So a couple other things that I want to call out. So, um. Portugal was a major colonial power, right? They had an empire. Um, they were all about expansion and exploring and essentially like subjugating people. Call it out. Um, so there it is. So one of the restaurants that we went to was a an African restaurant, specifically Mozambique. Hmm. Um, and we had samosas there on this food tour. Oh. Samosas are an Indian dish, right? Yeah. And Mozambique was the last stop on the way to India for the spice trade for Portugal, Mm. which is why there was so much influence and why samosas are like a Mozambique food. Um, So this was amazing. I had more vino verde while I was there. These were really, really delicious. Samosa and vino verde go well together. Oh, they did. And this particular place has a sauce. The name in Portuguese escapes me, but it translates to bastard sauce because. That is some spicy ass shit. Like donkey it sauce. Was like, it, you know what? It looked a lot like the chili, hot chili oil that you get at like a Szechuan yeah. uh, place. Mm-hmm. So it was like, just try the oil first, and if you can handle that, maybe. And I was just like, nope, it was so good. I'm like crying, like it's delicious. But wow, it was incredible. Um, so that was great. The third restaurant we went to um, had a, a mainstay. I'm not going to go through everything. I promise. There's just so much. You're good. Um, but the uh, 
Third You've place. also put snacks in front of us. And I know. We haven't touched them yet. So I know. I just know that I'm only hearing like 20% of the words you're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I'm going to use a word that you actually see in front of you. Um, maybe you don't. It's on the side. Um, the word is bakalyao. So it's on that one. Yeah. Bakalyao. Bakalyao means cod. Mm-hmm. So oh. salted cod, another big thing because if you're going to be um, traveling via ship in, you know, pre you know, modern yeah. times, you need something you can eat without dying. And you so salt that cod. cod. There you go. Salt that fish. So that is a huge mainstay, a staple of, of every Portuguese household, every restaurant. So bacalhau is going to be salted cod. And so we had what's called bacalhau abrash, which is like, it's six ingredients, okay? It is bacalhau. It's the cod. It's parsley or cilantro. Thank God it was parsley. Mm-hmm. Um, shoestring potatoes, onion, garlic, and... There's like one other thing, and I think it might be salt. No, there's not because it's salted cod. There's something else. It's egg. Anyway, it's amazing. Yeah. This is, and it's like a stir fry. But that fry. when you describe it, sounds crazy. I know. That sounds gross. I know, but it's like <laughs> it's like a scramble, like a breakfast scramble, okay. but it's served over a nice salad, and it is delicious it and so heartwarming. It like a funky Spanish tortilla, like yeah. a potato and yeah. egg kind of thing. Absolutely. Throw Absolutely. a little fishy fish in there. Yes. And then the egg is just in there just barely to give it like a velvety richness as, as you mix it all together. Incredible. We're going to get to those. I so promise. But everybody's comparing all the tinned fish that I brought along. These I'm are so beautiful. excited to try. Aren't the they packaging beautiful? is insane. I love it. And there are so many. There are hundreds of different varieties of tinned fish um, that you can get. But I wanted to get a variety, and that's what I did. Only the three. Um, I yeah. like that Portuguese looks like a Spanish person got wasted and tried to write. Yes. So when Portuguese people go to Spain, they can converse with people in Spanish. No big deal. When Spanish people come to Portugal, they cannot figure anything out. That is what I've been told by my Portuguese friends. Um, So yeah. So anyway, that food tour was incredible. I absolutely recommend anybody go on an Eating Europe food tour anytime. The one in Lisbon was incredible. The next day we go to um, Sintra, which is a beautiful place. Um, that's where we went to this other town, Kishkaix, which is like a beachside resort town, and then cool. Estudio, which is like a casino town. Oh, yeah. um, so the food there was was good, but I'm not going to dig into it. They're because, on the way right now. Yeah, I know, exactly. Bye! <laughs> going to the airport. Um, so Lisbon was incredible, but what I want to talk about is like the very last night that we were there mm-hmm. together, because then I went off on my little solo journey um, while they went off on their little Viking River cruise um, as the youngest. She's not being boat. paid by them. No, <laughs> but we can talk Viking. Um, so we went to Belcanto. Mm-hmm. Belcanto is on the 50 best restaurants in the world list. Mm-hmm. It is a two Michelin star restaurant. It was. 14 courses, I want to say. it's It advertises as eight. And as Are you'd you expect. Are comfortable telling us the price tag? I mean, it's probably going to be what you would expect from a counter here in Charlotte. Okay. Um, or, you know, something a little bit more than that, but not by much. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking, yeah, you know. A few hundred bucks. Yeah, a few hundred okay. bucks. Okay. Again. Not a $600 steak. Not a $600 okay. steak. No, I was like, so this is a restaurant by Chef Jose Avilash. Um, he is another huge, staple, um, amazing chef. Um just the spotlight is on him because he continues to, um, you know, break barriers and try new things. And he also has a huge focus on fresh and garden vegetables. Then the restaurant right next door, their sister restaurant, Encanto, is an all-vegetarian restaurant. Huh. So he has an amazing, fresh, market-focused, um, ingredient-driven menu, as you would expect. Belcanto has a lot more interesting and I don't mean interesting in that kind of way. I mean it like experimental um, oh. approach to the food and, and, and the storytelling. Meat. And there is meat. There's some really good meat. But there's some things that are not. But they did start us off with some really incredible crispy chicken skins with prawns in between. It was like a chicken skin sandwich. Oh my Single God. bite amuse-bouche. 
<gasps> it it already... just sounds weird, but I'm into oh, it. Oh, it was so good. It was unctuous and crispy. The textures, the flavors, it was fresh. It was delightful. It was okay. already incredible. They bring out, I'm not going to name everything on Please this 14 don't. dish. I will not. <laughs> but they bring out the bread course. And this is why I want to bring it back home. Butter. Because the butter. The butter's here. So again, we have one perfectly pure kind of butter. Um, we have one that's like a sun-dried tomato and um, like chorizo or something butter, which yeah. was really good. But then out comes what looks like the gray stuff from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck is that? Uh, and it is a rosemary ash butter. What? And I went, I'm going to try that. What is this about? And so I scoop up this gray blob and I put it on a little piece of bread and it transported me. It was the most incredible thing I've ever put in my mouth. What? So it starts out really rich butter flavor. And then you start to taste in the back of your tongue and in, in the back of your palate, like the char of a marshmallow. So like you taste like the, the cooked charry bits. Yeah. And then you exhale rosemary. It was That's so wacky. crazy. We had so much of that butter, it's not even funny. It was just so good. How did they... Is it cow milk butter? I believe so. I believe it was, yes. So is it just... I mean, do you have any idea how they achieved that? Or like what was in it? I don't know. I think they legit it's put rosemary, like rosemary ash, ash? into I mean, the butter and made it burn compound. rosemary. Burns easily. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh. So, I mean, it could just... It's a good then, cocktail garnish. It yes, is. Yes, So that was really incredible. Um... One of the other dishes that were wasn't complete standout for me, um, the goose that laid the golden egg, hmm. which was literally a the most soft boiled egg you could imagine, covered in gold leaf, and then it was surrounded by these little crunchy bits of like truffled flavors and and other things that I can't even describe to you now. But when it, obviously it's like a golden egg because it's got gold leaf yeah. on it, but you break into this very soft egg and you eat it with these crunchy truffly flavored bits of like experimental textures, and it was just. Magic. Did you catch a video of, is it like egg porn? Uh, I I don't know that we did, um, which is a real shame. Money back. I know, I'm so sorry. Um, But uh, one of the most interesting dishes that we had, at the very end we had a a suckling pig, which was incredible. Uh, It was like the slice, the thinnest slice, like crispy skin and like amazing pork and like a jus and charred on dive. It was amazing. But after that was like the dessert before the dessert. And the dessert before the dessert was a cuttlefish ice cream. What? Whoa. I'm sorry, what? We all said together as this black dish was served in front of us, um, it was so just fascinating. The so there was ink. It was cocoa was incorporated into the flavors okay. um, in the profile. The ice cream itself was jet black. The sauce around it was jet black. Um, there were little other like slightly less black bits like that were like cocoa colored. Um, and the ice cream itself didn't taste like fish, but it had a brininess on the back of it. So it wacky. still had a sweetness. It was so... Interesting. There was nothing off-putting about it, but it was just like, huh. Like you got just like a hint of like like calamari on the back. It was so fascinating. All right. Never had anything like it. It was really cool. It's like a rainbow colored meal with like all the colors. Yeah, Yeah, honestly, it was a feast for the eyes. It was truly gorgeous. Everything was incredible. And this was, and I kid you not, a white glove service. I mean, every Mm -hmm. everyone there was absolutely focused on our on our experience and making sure that it was the best we've ever had. And it truly was. So this was my first real experience with like the Michelin dining, you know, and and I had a wonderful time. It was just I amazing. It. I can't wait to I experience want that. It. You're gonna do some of that, I'm sure, while you're on your neck, you're on your honeymoon. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? 
Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. And commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all. When you want, wherever you want, on your schedule. There is the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. what we have in front of us. All right, so what I have brought for you are some mainstays. Um, I have three tinned fishes. I also have some homemade crostinis that I made for us um, to go along with them because I wanted to have a little bit of a difference in texture for us. I also brought um, what I found in the airport in Porto, which are some ruffles. These are presunto flavored, which means that they are ham flavored. Okay, so we'll start there. Oh, thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful. How are those? Pass them along. You might need to do two bites to three it bites is, to figure it out. The smell doesn't really do much, but the flavor punch is like very hammy. Wow. That tastes exactly like it. Hammy on the top. Get you some, Brian. I'm going to pop this baby mm. up. Here. I can taste a ton of salt. Yep. It's got like a really subtle bacon flavor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like as I think prosciutto, I taste prosciutto. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so I'm cracking open tough. this little... Okay, so which one are you cracking open over this there? This is the bacalao. Okay, so that's going to be salted cod. So do be careful just in case it has some, some bones in it, so just be careful as you chew. Okay, I put this one in my mouth. Are you going to eat these with us? Hmm? You're eating these with us, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Right, I would good. never not do this. Are you kidding me? Just want to make sure you're not pimping okay. us out. So bacalao, so that's going to be cod. Okay. And you can see that they're all preserved in like a beautiful oil. They've got herbs okay. and spices. Let's get that over there. This one is kind of chopped up because obviously cod is a massive fish. So it kind of just smells like tuna. Okay. It is a tin fish, and a lot of what we think about when we think of tuna is like the preserving process. That is one crunchy crostini. You're welcome. <laughs> Hillary, when you're looking for crunch, just put your marinara sauce on that. Okay. 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 Let me give that a shot. I'm going to try a little bit all on its own, and then I'm going to try some perhaps with my I was going to recommend that. Yeah. But... The oil is really flavorful. Oh, I can smell it. And to me, this smells incredible. This smells just like fishy fish in a really clean way. Mm. That's it's a flavorful olive oil, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I okay. would even need like a crusty bread that's not so crispy. I'm sorry for that. It's that's not what your I meant fault. to do. Yeah. And you know what, though? I'm going to set one of these in there to let it soak. There you go. While we Loosen are that baby up. I'm going to put a few in there, and that way we have some soft stuff to. All right. Now, here's a so fun next. fact about me. You hate sardines. No. No? Okay. Sorry. I thought I'd guess. When we would go grocery shopping when I was a kid, we would get a can of um, smoked oysters Mm -hmm. and a can of sardines and eat them on Ritz crackers while we were unloading groceries. I love that. Like a little reward to... I have no idea why, but uh, no, I have actually a a pretty strong affinity for the weird tin fish. Yeah. Specifically the smoked oysters. That's like my fucking jam. This cod is amazing to me. I really love it. Honestly, I can, I'm can. i probably going to put some of this cod and make that bacalao brush that I was talking about. It's perfect. All right, so the sardine. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's pretty classic. But yeah, the I feel like so far the difference between this and like just what we'd get at the grocery store is that really flavorful oil in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're not messing around with the preserving no. process here. They really want you to experience um, this in, in that way. Crostini so. is delicious. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a solid sardine right there. These are so well packed that they're like difficult to get out. Almost like they're packed in like sardines. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Brian. Wow. Thank you. Beer all how week. Did I, how did I get there without getting yeah. there? That's uh-huh. my question. You were just as surprised as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Love a sardine. Honestly, these are really clean. They don't taste super fishy. No, they don't. This is a really nice one. I really am I'm enjoying that. I'd like to try sardines in a place where you like have to dissect them. Have you With seen the little those? bones? Yeah. Yeah. Like these, you just eat whole. Right. But served in a restaurant mm-hmm. where like you have to know how to do it. I think I'm sure we could figure that out. Yeah. I think we could find a place that does that. Actually, or, uh, probably yeah. abroad. Is, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably No, I, the best I don't know way. that I'd trust anybody here for that. Yeah, I was just going to say that I actually saw that there were sardines on the menu last night at Barcelona, but they were already prepared for you, mm-hmm. but they were laid out in a very beautiful way with oil. So mm-hmm. I was I'm very tempted, have to but do I thought. the work myself. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, like a cat. Yeah. So, our very last one, polvo. What do you think polvo means in Portuguese? Um, well, I'm going to say it. Probably is similar to what I know to be purpo, purpo, which is octopus. You would be right. I also read this and I cheated. I know you did, but that's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to bring in octopus because it's one of those really unique flavors oh, and textures, and sorry. apparently it's it's held in there. It's holding on with a suction. It really is. <laughs> it does not want to be let loose. Okay. Now these I'm are beautiful. One they with are the little swimming, suckers. swimming. These are big pieces of octopus. They look beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This might be a little out of my comfort zone. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's you may not I be can... able to cut it. <laughs> Taking two of these. Like there you go. Oh my gosh, that oil is like. Oh, that's beautiful. Incredible. Look at it. Look at it. Oh, it's oh. actually really good. Oh, it smells good. Oh yes. Oh yeah. This is my favorite. Just a little. Look at you with your, all your little tendrils. I'm it gonna kinda, eat you. I know this is gonna sound cliche. It tastes a little bit like chicken. It honestly does. Wait for the end. Mm, like a like a smokiness. Like a like a chicken thigh hanging out in some really good oily, smoky goodness. Wow. That's really good. Can you say that closer to the microphone? You have to talk for a minute. Oh, got it. Thank you. Yeah. Um well, this episode is brought to you by um, meat and oil. Meat and oil. It's the best way to transport your food and also taste delicious, and uh, it helps transport it through your body. Mm-hmm. Lubricant. I'm just dipping my bread, my crostini, in oil of octopus. Polvo oil. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like this is sort of catching on in certain places. Yeah. It is. Uh, and I'm jazzed for that. Yes. People do this a lot. Like they'll serve one of these along with a normal charcuterie board, mm-hmm. and and just have it for dinner. And like to me, this is a perfect dinner. This is the good stuff. Absolutely. In fact, earlier this evening, when my dear husband was asking what I wanted for dinner, I'm pretty sure I just said like, yeah, charcuterie stuff, because it means like I don't have to commit to something. It's choose your own adventure. Yeah. It's tasting things here and there, and it doesn't go bad. Yeah. I mean, it's my favorite lunch actually. I yes. Can do it for lunch work from home, like. Just yeah. grab a couple pieces of cheese, some salami. Uh, yeah, yep. absolutely. And some apple. olives. Some olives, of course. Mm-hmm. There you go. A gallon of Bloody Mary mix. You know, you choose know, your adventure. Oh. The salt is hitting me now. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of our listeners who had tuned into the previous episode on Bloody Marys, um, we did all of this in one day, so my ankles are going to be swollen tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so happy. This was amazing. I'm so glad that TSA didn't stop me from importing yeah. these. Turns out doesn't you, seem to be a big deal. Because you did not check a bag. No, I did not. I traveled light, yo. I wonder if it's because they're so small. Well, don't eat I that. think it's because <laughs> it even shows you, don't look at the bottom because these are open now, but um, on the bottom of the tin it shows you the liquid weight versus the solid weight. And so there's really not that much oil in there. I think it's like 40 milliliters, something super small. Okay. Um, and that is why you can travel with them generally. Or did you just flirt with somebody at TSA? Well, at the um, at the shop where I purchased all of these tin fish, they even have a sign being like, yo, you can travel with these. Here's our mm. Here's our legal language, like, you can take it away from Portugal. Everything is fine. What's your favorite one? I know you like the octopus. The octopus is is really good, but honestly, the cod is my favorite purely because it transports me right back to Portugal. Mm. That's an interesting texture, too. I think that's what's separating it for me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a little bit, um, this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it to be bad, a little bit grainy. Yeah. I think that's just from the preserving of it. Like, it yeah. changes the texture of the fish. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love a sardine. I, I like love a sardine other. all day. Would you like a little more octopus? There's I don't not much like, left. I also like yeah. the way the cod like kind of crumbled. It's not like yeah. it's a mini, it's, it's like you know yeah because like a sard flaky it's like but a yeah. sauce. Yes, yes, and it's already kind of chopped up in there a little more finely than you would like. The sardines are whole, and the mm-hmm. and the octopus is whole. The the cod is chopped up in there and preserved, and um, it's just it's really this special. This is a good intro. I would completely agree intro with to. You. Can't tend to fish. Yeah, I think a lot of people are turned off by sardines um, because they're like, oh God, look at them. But with cod, I mean, it's just like, here it is. It's a totally innocent kind of thing. You're totally right. This is a gateway drug into tinned fish. Well, I think we assume that it's like poor people food. Right, and it is truly Canned elevated. Tuna, yeah. This, this is very popular in Europe to eat these, these highly uh, well-made tinned fishes. And I think it must have been Phil who was talking about that or, or a different travel show, I'm not sure, about how each, like, different restaurant or bodega will have their own, and it's sort of proprietary mm-hmm. to their facility. Yeah. So I like that that adds an element of ownership to it, and that mm-hmm. it's like, it's like the house wine. Exactly. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Grandma's hooch. That's it. As it were. Or Vino Verde. Yes. Everybody made their own Vino Verde everywhere we went. Oh, my God. Well, okay, I know that I want to go to Portugal. I'm going to Spain mm-hmm. in um, the end of June, early just July. Just to drive away. It is, but girl, we had a lot of choices to make. You're right. I'll um, allow it. But uh, look out for a future recap of our adventures in Rioja. Yay! Got some great tips from our friend Sean Paul at Foxcroft mm-hmm. about some of the places that we should inquire. Um, and we'll have a lot to cover. So three days there, three days in San Sebastian where I will eat my whole face off. Yes, you will. Um, I believe they are known for having the most Michelin stars per capita. Yes. So I have a lot of research to do and a lot of uh, very important choices to make. Mm -hmm. So keep me in your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to make a wrong choice while you're there, honestly. That's probably true, but I'm going to have sort of the same ideas. Like, when am I ever going to go back there? I do have a long list of places that I want to visit. So we are trying to be really concerted about making the most of the time, but giving ourselves... It's still our honeymoon, so like, yeah. you know, we'll be on the beach a little bit. Um, I, I think I shared with you the Airbnb we're staying at in Rioja. It's like super tiny little town, 
it's almost like a wine cellar that's been mm-hmm. converted into an Airbnb. So um, I may never come back. So uh, you know what? I'll come visit. We you. dial me in, Brian from um, from Rioja. Yeah. So done. All right. Cool. Uh, Sean Paul described one of the um, the places that he suggested as a cathedral of barrels. Mm. Um, so that's where I'd like to go pray. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's the good stuff. Sign me up for that. <sighs> well, as much as I loved Portugal, I am glad to be back with you yeah. here in Charlotte, another place with tons of food that's close to my heart. So, And the more people go away and come back with these types of things, the more we grow and shift as Absolutely. I mean, look culture. at all these fun, interesting things yeah. I brought to us. And if everybody can do that and continue to, to share culture at the table, then we all win. We all win. Awesome. Hey, Susanna, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for staying. Again. Brian, thanks for joining us on this fun, food-filled evening and yeah. letting us stink up this poor little room <laughs> for this year batch. My name is Jen. My name's Abby. And this has been Amuse Bush. You should have figured out how to say that in Portuguese. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Network.com.